0: Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by the Arizona Office of Tourism. Every Monday episode from now through February, this is the last one, uh, every ep- episode is sponsored by the Arizona Office of Tourism, and we are going to talk more about them at the break.
1: But before we get started, Raymond, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can always like us on Facebook.com/slash/TheGoldCast, and you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore GoldCast, and be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The GoldCast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we love to hear from you, especially this week, which happens every week is especially, but so especially this week. Chime in.
0: Yeah. All right. So we have a pretty good episode today. Couple, uh, We've got a little bit of Giants news, a little bit of 49ers news. Uh, we're going to talk about it after the break. There's some aliases. I mean, after the intro, there's some aliases being thrown around. There's some uh, some big decisions the 49ers have to make. And then there's people weighing in. And your professor of finalism, he's got some thoughts. The greatest finalist in the game, he has some thoughts as well. Classes in session. Let's go.
1: San Francisco, are you ready? ready.
0: This is the Gold Cast. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co host, Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom. So, Raymond. Here we are, it is the off-season for football, it is the preseason for baseball, and for all the top NBA teams, not named the Warriors, it is uh, rapidly heading past the midway point of the season and the playoffs will be here quicker than ever. But we have some news. We have some news about a former pitcher, near and dear to our hearts. Mr. Madison Bumgarner, the greatest single-pitching performance in a World Series ever, the seven-game series against the Kansas City Royals. He ended with a .92 ERA, one of the lowest in history, baseball history. Uh, He has left our team for more, I'm not going to say greener pastures, I would say more desert-like pastures for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But it has come out, Raymond, that Mr. Bumgarner has an alias. And that alias is Mason Saunders and mr Mason Saunders apparently mr. Mason Saunders he likes to go and uh do rodeo competitions under this alias and I guess basically uh ignore you know because he has a lot of stipulations in his contract you know he famously got hurt on a dirt bike uh, several years ago and uh he was out he was out for more than half the season for the Giants and that was definitely right right that more was than it, that season. was not
1: a yeah it was not a It was not a small deal. It was bad timing for the Giants, but good timing for the Giants, too, I guess, in terms of finances. Not that Major League Baseball teams usually—most teams don't really have issue. Well, I take that back. The A's got tons of issues paying players. But the Giants don't because they're kind of on par with, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees, and they've just—they've had a great budget ever since winning the championships. But I digress. It was was a big deal because he missed a lot of playing time, but it was also like a contract year— and it didn't it didn't help the contract at all, but but yeah it was no. it was not it was the Giants weren't happy about it and that's for sure.
0: No, they definitely weren't. And so the fact that he has not learned his lesson, and he's still out there, rodeoing it up. I'm not sure if that's actually a verb. First of all, I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start it up like this, Ray. I'm gonna tell you straight. I'm gonna tell you exactly how I feel about Mr. Madison Bumgarner. Out there, roping cattle, and I don't know, riding bulls. I'm not sure what you do in the rodeo. We're from California. We don't. We have no idea. We we don't understand these things. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you how I feel about Madison Bumgarner doing these things behind his professional sports team's backs. I love it. It's great. Proud of him. Madison Bumgarner is a champ, and this only adds to the legendary shadow that Madison Bumgarner casts across the world he he's a G this is some champ this is this is like you know what screw the man I'm gonna do what I want to do because I'm Madison freaking Bumgarner I love it I think it's great do it again find a new one in fact can I be Mason Saunders can can we all be Mason Saunders I want a t-shirt that says Mason Saunders is my homeboy because that is that is fantastic I love it I think it's great what
1: are are your thoughts Do, do you think it's dumb do you think it's ridiculous I want a shirt that says Mason Saunders is my favorite rodeo rider. writer.
0: <laughs> That's great. That's great. Now, does he use this for everything? And you know what? I'll tell you I'll tell you what he was really missing. That's a question. Do you think he uses this for everything? Does he sign into hotels this way? Is everything Mason Saunders?
1: I don't know. That's a great question. I think anything that requires like signing up for, competing with, for sure cuz Cause i cause according to the article it says he also he also like makes his wife well doesn't make her but you know they have this arrangement where she refers to as mason in public too so that he's not you know caught by the public cuz you know he's an introverted guy i don't think he particularly enjoys or you know wants to be in the limelight he's not that kind of uh, athlete but he does have an ego like an athlete he just doesn't necessarily like the light shone on him the way other athletes do but yeah i th- i think i think it seems like he uses it for a lot of different things I- including you know signing up for you know non baseball related competitions
0: you can take the country you can take the boy out of the country but you can't take the country out the boy i think that's one of the biggest le- biggest lessons we're learning here here's what i think he really needed to add to this to really get away with it. He forgot classic, classic alias 101. When using an alias, you have to have the glasses with the nose and the mustache, the Groucho Marx glasses, you know? you that's That's really what you have to have to pull this off. You have to have the glasses and the nose and the mustache and maybe a wig. And if he had those things, I probably would have no idea who Mason Saunders was. I'd be like, oh, wow, he looks a lot like Gretchen Marks. But that'd probably be the end of the conversation. But if you look at the picture that he has that's been posted, it's a little fuzzy. But it's clearly him. And even if you were a little skeptical, hey, maybe this isn't him. He's already copped to it. And he joked about it. The fact that he didn't even hide from it, that's some cojones. That shows you the cojones of Madison Bumgarner.
1: I know, or Mason Saunders, yeah. I should say. I guess it depends who we're referring to. Are we referring to the World Series MVP pitcher, or the mild-mannered rodeo ropesman? I don't know how they how they call <laughs> it.
0: Uh, it said it also it also was stated that he earned uh, twenty six thousand. Well, in total, him and the other champ together, earned $26,550. How much more money does Madison Bumgarner
1: need? Clearly he doesn't do it for the money because that's chump change to a Major League Baseball player. I mean, I'm with you, but, I mean,
0: damn. We're still just cashing them check Keep cashing them checks, Mason Saunders. Uh, but but uh, don't you agree? He needed glasses, the big nose, and the mustache. No one would have ever known.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the reason why it's so common is because it's it's so effective
0: i wonder what the people at the rattlesnake cast think about this i wonder how mad they are Are now let me ask you this right if you were an arizona diamondback fan would you be pissed off at madison bumgarner and be like you're not that serious about our team i mean think about this all the talking heads in arizona right now
1: are probably ripping him apart don't you agree I think so. They're saying, wait, last time he did this, he busted his shoulder and was gone like half the season. You know, should we, is this something we should be concerned about? How often is he competing in in rodeos? I know the, uh, I think Arizona said, uh, that they, they didn't seem all that mad about it. That was the funny thing. They were just like, well, we didn't know about this. They, they, first they pleaded innocence. That was the first PR statement. And then the next one was like, you know, as far as we know, he's committed. That's what's the conversation we had. And, you know, from the first time we spoke to him to, to up to recently. So it was kind of it was kind of like a bit hands off Let me ask you this.
0: Did Boach know when he was with the Giants?
1: I think Boach, I think he does. I'm pretty sure he did. He had an interview on CamBR. I didn't catch all of it, but I'm pretty sure that he knows a lot about bum because the players resonate so well with him and he's he's kind of like you know he's an elderly mentorish figure to these guys but also has you know an open door policy relationship with the players and from my understanding on what on the tail end of what i caught is that boach knows a lot of things and wouldn't i <laughs> wouldn't divulge other activities said so i probably shouldn't talk about everything Something like that, something to that effect. I don't know if I'm wrong about that. I'm gonna have to go back on KMBr and see if they have a a, a rebroadcast of that interview. I like that. I like that a lot. That's
0: pretty good. Uh, besides rodeoing, which I, again I'm not sure if that he correct. also dirt bikes, yep. he
1: ATVs, he probably off-roads, too. I bet he. I bet he. I bet he skateboards.
0: I bet he skis. I bet he shoots. I bet he throws darts. I bet he shoots. He definitely shoots guns. Mason Saunders m- shoots guns. He probably had a gun. He had a six-shooter in his hip during the entire roping competition.
1: Oh, yeah. Ready to take down that wild bull unless uh, or that wild whatever it is. They I don't know what they ride in, <laughs> in a rodeo. I You have to go. It's a bull. You got to go to the Desert Cast uh, to get more details. The, the Rattlesnake Cast. <laughs> yeah, Rattlesnake Cast. Got to go to the Rattlesnake Cast to get some more details on the let me, uh, let, me, let me ask
0: you this. Let me ask you this. Do you think Mason Saunders is a bounty
1: hunter? I bet you twenty bucks he's a bounty hunter. I think he's a fisherman. I think he's a hunter. I think he's a lot of things.
0: <laughs> he's an Alaskan fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> During the offseason. Yep. <laughs> he goes up to Alaska when the president needs uh, protection. Mason Saunders is there.
1: <laughs> yeah, in the summertime he like hunts crocodiles in Australia.
0: He's like only wearing he's only wearing like um like a loincloth. And then a, and a bow and arrow, and then of course the mustache with the nose and the glasses, so you don't know who he is. <laughs> that was his, that was his big mistake is that he left all that at home. That's where that's where that's where Mason Saunders really messed up. Let me ask you this, Raymond: Is there a chance we sign Mason Saunders in the off and right now during preseason? And Madison Bumgarner plays for the Diamondbacks, and Mason Saunders plays for the Giants.
1: I think so. Is that in play? I think think this is in play. I think it is in play as long as he perhaps chooses to use a different alias now that this one's been exposed. You know, like like Michael Simon or something. (laughs) Michael Simon? Yeah, two first names.
0: (laughs) How about uh, Addison Rumrarner? What 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 other what other alias could you come up with? What other what other alias would you would you make up for Mason Saunders? I think I'm gonna call Madison Bumgarner Mason Saunders for his entire career with the Diamondbacks. So that feels it feels right. It's starting to feel very right.
1: He's no longer a giant. So, you know, Madison Bum Madison Bumgarner was a pitcher for the Giants. Mason Saunders is the pitcher that signed a new contract with the Arizona Diamondbacks, that eighty five <laughs> million dollar deal, that five year deal
0: that's right yeah that Mason yeah, sound some
1: 30 year old veteran I don't know I don't know much about him I just know he likes to uh-huh. like rodeo in his off in the off season <laughs> that's all I know dirt bike bounty hunt yep Alaskan fish yep he likes to lasso animals and owns a ranch and a
0: loincloth a loincloth with the arrows I love it I love it all right Raymond uh let's take a break
1: This is is the
0: GoldCast.
1: Today's episode of the GoldCast is sponsored by the Arizona Office of Tourism. Hey, GoldCast Nation. Cactus League is in full swing. This spring, you can follow the San Francisco Giants or the Oakland A's or your favorite baseball team to Arizona for the Cactus League Spring Training. Arizona offers a -a one-of-a-kind training experience. Ten stadiums, 15 Major League Baseball teams, 75-degree temperatures. All ten stadiums are in Greater Phoenix within 50 miles. You can meet the players. You can get autographs before the game. Maybe you can even meet the famous rodeo rider Mason Saunders and tell him to start using the alias with the Giants. Are you bringing the kids along to spring training? Not a problem. Family-friendly resorts and hotels offer plenty for the kids of all ages from water parks to horseback rides to games and all kinds of activities. Plan your spring training getaway to visit arizona.com/springtraining. That site one more time is visit arizona.com slash spring training, and be sure to let them know that the Gold Cast crew sent you. All right, and we are back.
0: So, Raymond, there's a lot of talk right now about what the 49ers are going to do in this offseason to re-up and attempt another run at the Super Bowl. Now history is not on our side, Raymond. I I do believe nobody has ever come back from losing the Super Bowl to winning it the following year. People have won the first year and lost the second year. You know, the Seattle Seahawks did that, I believe the Dolphins did that, but the no one has ever lost the first year to come back and
1: win the second year. But the 49ers But, came- but teams have lost a Super Bowl and come back the next year to win a Super Bowl. That has happened. No, that's a- that was literally what I just said. I don't think that's happened. Who done it? Uh, the Dallas it? Cowboys. They lost to us in 94, and they won that fourth year. They would have won, like, several, three straight now, had, that's, had they won three of four. That's,
0: No, but they weren't in the Super Bowl. They lost the NFC Championship.
1: Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. To us. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. NFC. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. NFC Championship. No, no, nobody. Uh, I didn't fact check this. And you know what? I don't plan on it. But as as far as I know, nobody has ever lost the Super Bowl, then come back to win the following year. But people have won a Super Bowl and then lost the following year, but no one's ever done it in reverse. So history's not on our side, but there's a lot of questions about the secondary, what we're gonna do with the secondary. There's a lot of questions about what we're gonna do with, uh, with the front seven. And in particular, uh, there's a lot of questions about what do the 49ers do with Eric Armstead and Solomon Thomas now some of the prevailing ideas out there Bill Barnwell it comes to mind and his he's been getting a lot of play about this is that uh, he is suggesting that the 49ers should let Eric Armstead walk and they should decline Solomon Thomas's fifth year contract now Raymond you're the greatest balance in the game why don't you break down for Bill Barnwell a person who also maybe isn't as fond of the gold castus as, as uh, we want him to
1: be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a, uh, a writer a for ESPN, by the way. For those of you who haven't followed him, formerly of Grantland, which doesn't exist or still exists, right? Or it's which is now the Ringer. Yeah, now now it's the Ringer.
0: Yeah, now owned by Spotify. That's kind of what that morphed into. But uh, Bill Barnwell said er- he that the 49ers should let Eric Armstead walk and they should decline Solomon Thomas' fifth-year contract. How do you feel about these two decisions? You're the greatest fan in the game. Let's pretend you have the ear of
1: Mr. John Lynch. So let's do it. Well, the only thing that I agree with that he said was I would not be surprised if Solomon Thomas was let go. I would also not be surprised if they kept Solomon Thomas, because this Niners regime, Lynch and Shanahan, seem to have a lot more patience with player development than a lot of other teams and coaches, at least, you know, from my perspective. It just seems like they you know they, they were patient with Jimmy Ward when I thought they should dump him, and that turned out to work pretty darn well this year he played 16 games i know i think he missed the first 3 but played 16 straight after that so that you know clearly was a bet they were willing to take that i thought was a fool's errand but i was wrong about that but Solomon Thomas, you know, he's on his fifth year too, you know, and he's in a similar situation as Ward was, where he, it's not been an injury. It's it, although it's not been so much injury related as it just just been production related. Like he's not he's when he's in there, he doesn't make an impact. It's not like Jimmy Ward who, you know, it flashes periodically, and so and the only thing that team send, tends to prohibit him from flashing more is his health. Solomon Thomas is getting playing time, but he's not really flashing in those playing times. It's like really, it's super miss with an occasional hit. And he played 60% of the downs in 2018 and only played 41% last year. And he didn't even, he played less in the postseason. So this is someone I think, you know, could be, a bargaining chip, you know, I don't think you get draft picks for him, but he's someone you can, you know, the Niners can decline his option. That's for sure. But, you know, well, I think he's, he, we got him in 2017. So he's still on, you know, they still have the option there. They got to decide something to do that. And, you know, I know they, we drafted DJ Jones, who was an excellent excellent nose tackle before he went down for the year so that's unfortunate but you know he's coming back for sure so anyways that's the one that I'm kind of I could see going either way and it seems to have the most flexibility in my opinion but Armstead you going to keep Armstead because Armstead and you got to do something with Buckner too because Buckner's was due for a contract but they decided to hold off on those talks and he was even though the numbers were down Clearly they were down because you were getting so much production from every other position on the defensive line. He was no longer carrying the load himself, and which is why he got 12 sacks with getting while getting double-teamed last or before any of these players came in here, which is super impressive on its own. I think he had like six or seven sacks this year, so the numbers were definitely down. But this guy is still a menace on the inside of the line, and he's a terrific player, and you definitely need to sign him. And Ar- Armstead, you know, I don't know. This is this is the problem when you're when you do something like Barnwell does, which is to try to predict things for all thirty-two teams when you don't really have your eyes and ears on any one particular team, except maybe maybe his personal favorite. He does. I don't know. I don't know. You know. I don't know who is the his, New York Giants is that who his personal favorite team is. Yeah. Yeah. So he's probably got a good heartbeat on them, but not the Niners. And the reason I say that is because Eric Armstead has publicly said. That he is open to a franchise tag in order to allow John Lynch and company to have more leverage to sign other players, you know, so that they're not Mm -hmm. they're not financially strapped with giving him a big contract or Buckner for that reason. You know, maybe that allows him to sign Buckner and Kittle, because we know that Buckners do a contract before Armstead is. And we know that Kittles absolutely do a contact, a, con- uh, a contract. You know, he's probably going to get something around, you know, something close to 10 million a season, maybe even more because Jimmy Graham makes that and Jimmy Graham sucks. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it's, it, you know, it's within reason to believe that Kittle, you know, should ar- arguably get more. But I think, but Buck- well,
0: here's the thing, though, too. Let's talk about this. Sorry to cut you off. sorry But also, the 49er contracts, people always get worried about the money that the 49ers just show. Parag Marathi, I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly, he is such a a mastermind when it comes to the money. He is really good. I'm never really worried about his approach to contracts. And these contracts never come back to bite us in the ass. And in fact, they're more team-friendly. They tend to be very front-loaded and then they taper off after that. They tend to be built with a lot of incentives, and they also, more often than not, put the 49ers in a position where they can walk away at any time. So anytime people bring up worries with the 49ers and their contracts, I have yet to see, in this entire decade, any of these contracts
1: come back to bite them in the ass. Have you? No. No. In fact, the the Colin Kaepernick one, those terms, you know, came were super synchronistic for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan because they weren't going to commit to to Colin at that point, you know, just because he didn't necessarily have the quarterback profile that Kyle Shanahan favors. you know, so the terms there really allowed them to get to back out of that contract, which is exactly how it was structured. So you know Prague does a terrific job. Uh, the contracts that are still left, I don't know any of them that are left. I don't think any of them are left over really. Uh, from, cause this is all virtually a new team. We've got so many new players. Jimmy Ward was drafted by Trent Balky, but that was still on. That's still on a rookie deal that's coming up. So that, that needs to be addressed. I don't know how they address that one. Cause I don't think Jimmy's going to command much on the free agency, just because it's injury history, you know, people are, if you were a betting man, you would you would say hey what the likelihood of him getting injured next year is more likely than him playing another 16 straight games and i would say you're absolutely right that's a good bet to take i think you definitely got to do you know emmanuel mosley you know he's he's the priority he's a big one because he played so well but i mean he's a uh, He's also just so young and early in his career. There's not much negotiation status he has there, as far as I understand. He's uh, he's an exclusive rights free agent, so not much leverage there. Plus, he's I mean he's still unproven. You had one pretty good year where you were, but you were also trading back and forth with Witherspoon and eventually went out the job. So it wasn't an outright dominance to to secure that position. It was kind of a prove it year, and he proved it. But you know he was also. He had some missteps too in big moments, but that's neither here nor there. But I think I, Do you think that we go secondary? Do you think we go
0: secondary in the draft?
1: I think so because they're pri John Lynch's priority, and I'm sure Kyle Shannon's gonna agree with this. I mean, first thing, you're getting you're getting Robert Sala back. So you have the mastermind that's gonna return. You're not having to defer the defense over to I think the defensive line coach Chris Koseric is in line to To step up if if Robert Sala leaves this next season and we already lost our defenses back our defensive backs coach know, James Woods which is unfortunate um so he left to go coordinate for de- I think Cle- the Cle- Cleveland Browns yeah good luck with that yeah exactly I have no faith in that franchise no matter who is the skipper over there even though we don't call coaches skippers in the <laughs> NFL but um but I mean, you get it. Same, same, same. Mason deal. Saunders does. Yeah, Mason Saunders does. He's, 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 yeah, he's a skipper himself in the off season. He goes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a uh, avid sailor.
0: He also plays um, in the secondary for the
1: XFL. He does. Yeah, he's a starting. He's a starting safety. He's, or I should say, no, actually, I take it that back. That's a. I'm thinking of a different uh, Mason Saunders. He is free safety. So I know that free spirited, which is very, very, very uh, indicative, very uh, what's it called? Uh, very illustrative of his personality, a free roamer, a journeyman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's a, he's an athlete for hire.
1: <laughs> yeah, he just does what he wants. Very free thinker.
0: Oh man, but 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 not a free paycheck. That, he he's getting that money. Yeah, twenty six thousand minimum.
1: Yeah, <laughs> minimum. He doesn't play for free. That's the only thing.
0: <laughs> he doesn't play for free. Mason Saunders, journeyman athlete. Uh, that sounds like a TV show. It's like Kung Fu. It's, instead of, uh, But instead of wandering the world looking for fights, he wanders the world for sports to play and contracts to break.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, joking aside, I do think uh, with the secondary, the, the pieces that we don't care about that are going to be looked at as replaced for depth and to just, you know, also keep, Emmanuel Mosley and the Jimmy Wards and the Akella Witherspoons, you know, because Akella Witherspoon, you know, I think they're potentially losing faith in him just because he started the season so well and the injury really kind of knocked him out of rhythm and he was never, ever able to regain his his footing. And ultimately, I mean, I will say respectfully, him taking all of the special team snaps that Emmanuel Mosley was playing so that Emmanuel Mosley could focus on being the starting cornerback was pretty big of him and just kind of reflective of just the tightness of this team and the philosophy that that has been sold so well by Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. John Lynch does speak to the team and he is he does roam around, he, he does a little bit, he's a little bit more hands-onish than a lot of other GMs. And I think it's encouraged because he was such an accomplished player that you know, why not? Why, if if I had someone with 10 pro bowls that was getting nominated for the hall of fame every damn year i'd want him to speak to my players you know especially if he was my gm so 100 so you know that makes sense but i think uh but yeah dante johnson i think you get rid of him I, jason verrett you know he just injuries are just too great he, he was horrible in the little bit of time he was given and rightfully shut down after that he's gone you know i think they are gonna he was we took a flyer on him he was such a high risk asset that it was like I,
0: I didn't have a lot of hope for him. And I think they kind of just took a flyer on him in the hopes that maybe something would pan out. And unfortunately, it did not.
1: They did not. So I think a lot of guys are going to be gone. I mean, there's guys on the list that I've never even heard of, like Jermaine Kelly, Chris Edwards, Derek Kindred. These, these are safeties and cornerbacks. I don't know these guys. Jacob Thienemann, T S Tabor. I recognize that name. He saw some playing time. Mason Saunders. Yeah, Mason Saunders is there uh Tim Harris, Marcel Harris, they had playing time. Uh Marcel Harris actually played really good in the Super Bowl. I believe it was him who was playing. Uh DJ Reed, I saw him play. Oh no, it's Tavarius Moore. Tavarius Moore played played great. He was the one who played great. He had some he split some time in the Super Bowl and had some nice. He got a pick, I believe in the Super Bowl. And then, you know, Kawan Williams is fine. Kwiatkowski Tart is coming up again. That's a uh, Trent Balky uh pick, a great pick too. Richard Sherman is on his 3rd year. So, you know, Richard Sherman's fine this year. These guys are all signed, by the way. Tart, Sherman, Quan Williams, Witherspoon, Tavares Moore, DJ Reed, Marcel Harrison, Tim Harrison, and all those other guys I just named. They're all signed between either they're signed through this next season or in the cases of Moore, Reed, Thieneman, Kelly, and Edwards, they're signed through 2021. So some of these guys that are young and unproven, and there's no guarantee they will be, you know, they're fine right now. The only people that we're really worried about is Jimmy Ward and Emmanuel Mosley because I don't think you the Niners really care for Dante Johnson or Jason Verrett. Dante Johnson, again, another uh Trent balky pick. Yeah, I agree
0: I agree. I agree with you. I don't think we let Back to the very beginning, I think you do decline Solomon Thomas's contract, and I think you keep Eric Armstead. You know, l- last year, year four, as far as Solomon Thomas, that was the year that was supposed to be his big breakout year, right? He talked about being refocused, re-energized. We know that he had a lot of personal problems, and I don't hold that against him, and I don't, I don't think it's fair to to hold that over his head or anything like that. It's completely understandable given the tragedy his family that fell upon his family, what he went through the prior year, but this was supposed to be his reset year. It hasn't quite worked out. I don't believe that that means it's not that the NFL isn't a fit for him. But maybe the 49ers, maybe we're just not a fit for him. And that's okay. We've seen plenty of players leave one team and then really thrive in another one. Mostert is a wonderful example here with the 49ers. So there is nothing. I have no qualms with Solomon Thomas. I would love for him to go somewhere else outside of the NFC West, of course. I'd love to see him go somewhere else and be successful and have the career that I think he maybe is capable of and maybe we're just not the right fit for him. Um, as far as the secondary, we do need someone to back up. Sherman, I agree with you, Mosley, uh Mosley earn that starting pick, but it wouldn't hurt to get another rookie in there to nip at his heels and really make him work for it. I, I wanna see someone like uh you know, one of the players you didn't mention that I think is kind of on the Solomon Thomas uh bubble is like Dante Pettis. He's kind of in that same bubble where it's kinda like we've been Waiting and waiting and waiting, and I I've, I talked about several times with our father Rudy Sluis Jr., the unofficial fourth member of the Goldcast, that I was telling him that I was never a fan of Dante Pettis, and I said if you look at a guy like Cooper Cup in his rookie year, Cooper Cup, that was the that was the impact that I was looking for, and Debo Samuel's gave us that. First-year rookie impact. Hey, it didn't it, it didn't happen overnight, but by the end of the season, he really got acclimated to the speed of the NFL, and you saw just how impactful he could be. We need someone like that in the secondary. Similar to when the Saints got their two corners a couple years back and what an impact they made. That's really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the Debo Samuels of the secondary. Who's the rookie that's going to come in and by midway through the season establish himself as the counterpart to Richard Sherman. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that kind of guy, the Debo Samuels of the defensive backs. That's what I want to see. That's the kind of player I think we need to draft. Maybe not as impactful as a Nick Bosa, but someone like Debo, someone that over the course of the season really comes in to the level that we expect him to play.
1: Yeah, that would be great. And I know that this draft class is supposed to be pretty good. In terms of defensive backs, it's also supposed to be pretty good in wide receivers. So, and those are two areas that I think the Niners are lacking coming into this season. Because I know uh, free agency starts next month. Uh, the combine starts this week. So, despite the you know the short-lived, you know we're only we're still within we're still in February, same month. That, you know, there's only a few weeks back that the Super Bowl ended, and here we are. You know, already getting reset and retooled for the upcoming season. It, it starts real quick with football, at least for rookies. You know, the, I think veterans, I mean, all everyone who signed, everyone we've talked about, the whole team, all those people, I think they're still enjoying an offseason and just kind of getting in, you know, normal, you know, fitness workouts, nothing Nothing as far as like football drills are concerned, but everyone's just kind of staying in shape, maintaining and getting ready for you know, the summertime, which is when things are really going to ramp up. But I know that, uh, for the Niners and what they're going to focus on, I think Dante Pettis is definitely a chip you bargain with. You know, you could possibly bargain with someone who's desperate that thinks they can do something out of, I don't know. The one thing I was really excited about is I thought he would be like our go-to return man, but that never happened. I was like, here you have the guy who set the NC rec NCAA record for return touchdowns, I think off punts, but I think he's just too you know, he's just too thin on the bones. He's just like so bony. I think that's one of the issues. And the fact is he didn't earn the job. I think he competed, as far as I know, I think he competed for it, but he didn't, you know, didn't wow anybody. So I don't know, I just feel like the focus isn't there for Pettis. Like sometimes it has been and it certainly flashed when we first drafted him and there was a lot of excitement for him going into the twenty eighteen season, but nothing ever materialized. And I know we had, you know, issues at quarterback, but that shouldn't stop somebody from, you know, putting in an effort because, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's, you're supposed to perform no matter who your teammates are. So I don't know something, but yeah, that's a, it's a good point you bring up. That's no one's talked about yet. I think people are talking about the defense right now because there's, I think there's a lot more contract issues on the defensive side and offensively you still have, you know, despite, the shortcomings of Dante Pettis, you still have Jalen Hurd, who we haven't seen much of. And I really, I'm really excited about him. Cause so I think, I think with the fact that Debo played so well, I think for Jalen, that's gotta be something that's, he's going to be, or I would like to see him use as motivation, you know, like, Hey, my, my rookie draft, my, my rookie classman, my, my draft, my draft, my co draftee, you know, had a really great season, played like a veteran by the end of it. He was playing like a, like a number one. He was in the, involved in the running game. He was involved in, in w- where whether he was, he took, he took handoffs, he blocked, he did reverses. He did, he's, he, he's great in the jet sweep. That I think teams are going to be looking for in this coming season. We, we no longer have the element of surprise, but I have faith in Kyle Shanahan's crazy mind to develop new wrinkles in the offense to keep defenses honest, but that's, you know, we'll get more into that as we get closer to the season, but for now, I think Jalen Hurd is someone to look forward to. Hopefully, Trent Taylor's injury—you know—he he can get back to what he showed us in his rookie year. He's had a couple setbacks the past couple years, and that's unfortunate. So, but he was definitely a reliable target when healthy. So his quickness is good, and you know, I know he really leans on Wes Welker's tutelage to, to get him going because Wes Welker, you know, was in a similar boat—you know, short. With, with some quickness, but, you know, undersized and possibly devalued as a result. But we all know how his career turned out. So, and I know Trent, Trent Taylor's got a little bit of fire in him. I think he should definitely put on some muscle though because he seems, Russ Welker, he seems bigger than, than he was, than he is. So I definitely think Trent Taylor needs to bulk up too to just get some strength on him because he's, he is so little that if, if he takes a good hit, I don't know if you noticed this, but when he when he took some hits when he was on the field, there is a little bit of fragileness there not because he's playing scared or anything but just because the si- some of the size differences of the people that are hitting him on the other side it just seems like there is a bit of a sometimes a mismatch between the strength of those players and his 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 you know legitimate undersize 100%. Yeah,
0: it is a size thing and it's not it it unfortunately that's that's just how the NFL rolls man. I mean like there's there you know Kittle had to put on
1: weight yeah. Kittle you know, put on 10 pounds. So I think that's something Trent Taylor's got to consider going forward. I, for sure. You, you put, you put 10 pounds on, it makes a huge difference. I mean, Kittle still plays with that wrap around his shoulder. Cause I guess it's, it's actually torn or something like that. And he doesn't want to have surgery. And that's why he always plays with that. But that didn't seem to stop him. He was equally as productive last season as he was this year. In fact, I thought he played better this year, despite not having, you know, he was missing about, you know, 300 yards of production, but that's because the wide receiver game was much a lot more balanced with Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel taking some of that load off of Kittle's shoulders. So we you know we just, we had a legitimate three three horse threat in the air this year. We did. We absolutely did.
0: And I, I I like you said I'm I'm excited for Jalen Hurd. I still think we draft somebody else. I think uh I think secondary has to be our first concern and then I would still throw someone in that front seven I'd get another person in the pass rush let the rich get richer you know what I mean let the rich get richer Raymond I have one final question for you before we leave what is your rodeo alias what's it going to be
1: man that's a great question
0: I'll tell you mine what is yours so when I'm when I'm out there rodeoing it up against Mason Saunders, I need you all to be on the lookout for Obadiah Solis the <laughs> tenth.
1: Obadiah Solis the
0: tenth. Wow. <laughs> How about this, Obadiah Solis, Obadiah Solis the tenth. What now? What's yours? What what, what do you think yours is going to be?
1: I don't know. Something probably like Bartholomew Smithers the <laughs> third.
0: I somehow knew you were gonna go with Bartholomew. I just knew it. I don't know why. I could f- feel it off of you.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. I, mean, I think maybe that- maybe because they're both names. I believe both names. I know, I'm pretty sure Bartholomew is Bart Simpson's full name. I believe it is. I believe you're correct. I believe you're correct. That that was that was
0: very good. Very good. All right, we will be back later on in the week to discuss more San Francisco Bay Area sports news. we got a ton of top 11s coming, just so you guys know. We've got a uh, army of top 11s coming through March. Maybe even, Raymond, a top 11 tournament in honor of March Madness, a top 11 tournament. Am I right? I think that's on the horizon. Perhaps. I don't know. Perhaps. I
1: don't watch March Madness, so
0: yeah we're not doing we're not doing a March madness top eleven, but we maybe we are holding a a bracket of our own, shall we say? yeah a top eleven tournament. yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Gold dives are returning our favorites. the gold dives are coming back, and we're pretty pumped about those. So definitely we've got a lot of juicy stuff to keep the off season rolling. Do us a favor. go on. To wherever your podcast is currently being hosted we're about to be on spotify we're about to be everywhere fyi but go to wherever you're wherever you are listening to the goldcast and give us five stars leave a comment like and just let people know that helps the algorithm helps us get to the top this has uh, been a very successful very productive year we Have a lot in store for you guys. You're literally not even ready for what the rest of this year is going to look like. I think you guys are going to really enjoy where the Gold Cast evolves to, in particular on YouTube. That's a hint. So just be on the lookout. We are quickly moving into a whole new realm. So help spread the word by going on to wherever you listen to us. Just hit five stars, baby. Leave a comment, and boom. Helps us get up on that algorithm. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa First, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel.
1: This is the Goldcast.